And I'm Connor. And we're Friendstream Sports. And we're back again for another big week of Streaming Extraordinaire. Connor, we got some great things to talk about today. We're going to spend some time talking about our normal sports topic, State of the Shield. We're going to spend time talking about, um, we're going to grade the bad teams in the NFL. We're going to talk about the college football top four. And then we're also going to even spend time talking about um, so halftime hot takes, our famous segment. So we got to talk about some bad teams. So Connor, why do you think that bad teams are bad? What are they doing wrong? You know, Rutledge, I think it just comes down to science. You know what I mean? It comes down to science. When a leaf falls from the tree dead during those cold, bitter fall months, does it automatically come back? No. The tree must go through winter before life can occur. And in the same way, bad teams must go through a process to become good. Whether you're a collegiate team, you need to have the right recruits to help regenerate your program. Whether you're a professional team and need to have great coordination between owner, coach, and GM and build from the inside out, be able to protect your quarterback and be able to get to the quarterback, you need you need to, you need to embrace the process. And there are too many teams that don't want to embrace the process, and there are too many teams that want to go microwave mentality as opposed to slow cooking that bad boy, making it happen as you should. So that's why I think bad teams are bad. There you go. You really just can't take shortcuts, right? You cannot every just like just like the leaf must go through winter, every bad team must go through some regeneration. That's true. And while we go into State of the Shield, before we get to our bad teams, I want to State of the Shield this week, Connor, and talk about here's a division where three of the four teams are good. Do you know what division do you know right now is just killing it as a division in football? Rutledge, I would say that the division that's killing it right now, I mean, that's got to be the AFC North. It's it's totally the AFC North. Here's the records for the AFC North. You have the Steelers are 4 and 0, the Ravens are 4 and 1, Cleveland is 4 and 1, and the Bengals are 1 3 and 1. And I know that that tie is really bad of Doug Peterson. Oh, good sack. That tie is bad of Doug Peterson, but to me that tie for the Bengals is a is a solid thing. So what do you, you know, think is the AFC North and those teams? You know, kind of going one, you know, one by one, I think uh, the big surprise that needs to be talked about and will continue to be talked about, at least for the next couple weeks, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Being 4-0 right now is uh, very, very, uh, very impressive for the Steelers, although their next two games are the Browns and the Ravens. I think that you're going to have two, uh, those two games are going to really help dictate not just uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, but also the division as a whole. Um, so I don't know what your thoughts are on the only undefeated team before I continue my takes, but uh, Relich, how good do you think the Steelers are? What do you think about Big Ben, um, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, all that jazz? I actually don't believe in the Steelers, and I will tell you why. Um, the the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you look at their schedule and their schedule that they have right now, that they everyone they played was super duper weak. They had the Giants on a Monday night game that they made look like children. Um, they haven't played anyone. I don't think they've played anyone within their division. They had the Eagles, which Carson Wentz threw a dumb pick at the end of it. 
they I think that they're just sort of writing the easy part of their schedule up front and they're they're in for a little bit of hurting I don't see this Pittsburgh being top of the division streak will last I think Baltimore or Cleveland will take over the AFC North next Ooh, speaking Baltimore of Cleveland, Cleveland. Wow. Baltimore and Cleveland are leading the league they're not they both they're two top 15 running they're both rushing teams. Cleveland has two different running backs in the top 15 of the NFL for yards for players. So I think the Browns are on the up and up. So that's my thoughts. What do you have on Cleveland and Baltimore? Yeah, you know, and, and what, one of the things that I wanted to look at was just understand who those next couple of games are, right? Uh, as I mentioned, the Steelers are playing the Browns and the Ravens. The two teams that you mentioned are... Um, you know, going to be have something to say about the AFC North area. I do think that uh, I do think that Cleveland is. I mean, how can you say they're not improved? It seems like it's their first winning streak uh, since football started to be cast in color television and not black and white. Um, but um, you know, they they definitely have they definitely have the oh oh huge pick Kirk for the throwback right there. There you go. I can't wait to talk about Kirk Cousins here momentarily. Uh, but, you know, with, with the Bengals only lost being, or not the Bengals, pardon me, with the Browns only lost being to the Ravens, uh, although it was a pretty big thumping, I mean, the Ravens are, you know, they're a good team. And one of the one of the things that I like to talk about is good teams do what good teams do, and that's, that's win and cover. That is beat not as good teams pretty handily. Um, so although I think that the Browns are – a much improved team. I do think that you just scored all over my face. That uh, was... For our podcasters out there, remember that we are talking sports while playing video games. And, uh, you know, yeah, that that's what I think about the Browns. Now, in terms of the Ravens, they've got the Eagles and the Steelers. Two, the Eagles is an incredibly winnable game. Um, and, you know, I think the Ravens will beat the Steelers. Um, you know, they've got just, uh, you know... Um, not only are they better than both of those teams, but they have the opportunity to play from that lead. The thing that, you know, we've, we've kind of knocked the Ravens on ever since Lamar Jackson got their quarterback is that he cannot hold a lead or not, not come back. He only holds leads. My apologies. So, um, you know, uh, these next two weeks are going to be real critical for the division. And I think after these next two weeks, both of these teams are going to, uh, they're, they're going to be, uh, you know the division standings are going to look a little different. I, uh, who do you have? You think is going to come out of this stretch and going to be leading the division? And like when we talk about them, maybe in three weeks from now, if you could pick one uh, team, no reasons, shout it out, gut instinct, what team? Uh, you know, pick integrity. Nick Wright would be proud of me with my pick integrity. Um, you know, I, I say for sure the Baltimore Ravens are going to finish out, um, finish out this little stretch. Be six and one, or have beaten the Steelers, uh, you know, and, and be be in first place in the division. What do you think, Rutledge? I'm taking the Browns. I'm going bold up on Cleveland. I think they look bold. better this year. Um, I think they've got a good running back, a good running back um, staple back stable back there. Um, I think that they're moving in the right direction. Plus, their schedule is going to do them some favors to make them look better. So. Mm. I've got the Browns coming ahead. I know because when I pulled the record, I was honestly, you know, I was surprised at the Browns. They're on a four-game winning streak. No one thought the Browns. We didn't even acknowledge the Browns at the beginning of the season. 
What do you what do you think about uh, what do you think about the potential of uh, Baker Mayfield just maybe feeling himself a little too much, right? You know, they've been running the ball very effectively, as you pointed out. I mean, do you, do you think that uh, do you think that Baker Mayfield could stay within the scheme and uh, stay within the system? I think so. I think he, uh, he I think he got Kendrick Lamar last year, and he had to sit down and be humble, um, and he had to sort of get better at the football piece because you know as as shown in the Big 12, you oh, can be a stud in the, look at him go. You can be, as he saw in the Big 12 in Oklahoma, you can be a stud against nobody and look amazing. Um, and I think that he's calmed down this year, but I think they realize they need to run the ball and um, their two backs are just tearing it up. Isn't that interesting? The NFL the past couple of years has felt like such a pass heavy, pass happy league. But the teams that are really doing well uh, are those running teams, right? Uh, and, and you got to at least have balance, right? But you know, especially in this division, the top—you know—the Steelers are, do throw the ball 100%. But two out of the top three teams in this division are running teams. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Yeah. When I when I pulled stats and numbers this week uh, to look at that, I had to like you had to bet you had to just plow through in order to find um, what passing yards they had but rushing yards they're up there so they're no dalvin cook but of course he's not doing that well right now that's in numbers brought to you by google by maybe google, google. Could, maybe google could be one of our sponsors i mean maybe i like i'll take two sponsors i'll take starbucks and google you can just have that google money that's fine i will take i'll take that google money all day so connor uh, i want us to now segue into our next topic which we're excited about these are grading our bad teams so for our viewers at home, whether you're watching us on YouTube, live on Twitch on Thursdays at 8, you're listening to our podcast on your favorite podcast platforms, wherever you're digesting us in, we are going to go through the different teams that have won at least one game or less in no particular order and give them a letter grade like you get in grade school about what their potential future is of going forward. And we're going to start with the Atlanta Falcons. So Connor, take us through your grade on the Falcons. Take about 30 seconds since we have a lot of teams and I'll take 30 seconds, if not less. The Falcons playing here tonight. Well, I think if they're, they wouldn't be on this list if they were playing tonight as they were, you know, on this video game. Uh, Falcons F, we're starting out hot with the F. F stands for facilities have shut down. They fired their coach. They have an old and expensive quarterback. I think that Although Matt Ryan is the best quarterback in the bad teams, that's like being the world's tallest midget. Um, you know, it, it's looking more and more like they're getting closer and closer to just throwing the grenade into their season and tanking for Trevor. But they don't have a plan to do it. So they just kind of seem like a mess right now. So Falcons get an F. What do you think, Rutledge? I give Falcons a C. And I will admit, the Dan Quinn was the big leadership problems. We have to remember that a lot of this Falcons roster is still there from taking them to the Super Bowl, which is the problem that I have being from Georgia with the Atlanta Falcons, is they have all the talent in the world, and yet they can never seem to do anything with it. Case in point, this team, and even case in point when Michael Vick was really there. Um, but I think that a coaching change will do some good there. I know they need a defensive talent, but if I were to sort of compare them why I give them a C, they remind me of the Detroit Lions during the Matt Stafford, Calvin Johnson days. Of you have this great on talent, the great paper talent, but it's not doing anything. And 
I want to see it do something. So, oh, huge catch by Hooper there for a great first down. So I'm going to give the Falcons a C. Next we have the Philadelphia Eagles. And Connor, I'm going to take that, and I'm going to give them a straight F. Um, I don't know how to say I don't know how to say F in in Eagles terms from Philly. Um, I do love Wawa though. So for all my Philly for all the Philly listeners, please know that I love Wawa a lot. But here's what I go with Eagles for an F. This is Wawa gets an A. Wawa gets an A because there's two A's in Wawa, but there are no winning A's in in Eagles. So they get an F. Um, I think Doug Peterson, who you know we said was a high school coach who moved up and won a Super Bowl. Remember, they did that with Nick Foles, and they did a really famous trick play that worked out really, really well. So um, that oh play gosh. was not intended to break down like that, but that's the magic of Madden Julio Jones. They did a trick play to win the Super Bowl, but this is not that Super Bowl team. If you watch the Saints film from the Steelers film, um, they lost the game against the Steelers this week because Carson Wentz threw a pick into double coverage where it was a cover two and both safeties came up to cover the deep receiver. Um, I don't think Wentz is the future. I also, the, the, the Eagles have everything in front of them because the NFC East is just a wreck. You know, now with Dak Prescott's leg broken, maybe they win a couple division games, but they're in a very winnable division, a very easy way to do it, and yet they just can't seem to make it work. So um, I, I give them an F. What do you give them? Wow, Rutledge, that we are we are in very much disagreement on that. Uh, I, I gave the Eagles a B plus. Um, I I do think is I do think that Carson Wentz can play. He, he's still this, you know you're talking about the Falcons being the, most of the same team, uh, you know that got to the Super Bowl. Carson Wentz is I think deep down I think he's still the same guy that spent 13 weeks just crushing opponents, like I'm getting crushed right now by you and Madden. Um, you know, do they? Uh, I think what happened was they got a little bit full of themselves after they won the Super Bowl and are still eating some humble pie. But um, I think what they do have going for them is that they are in a very, very winnable division. When they did win the Super Bowl, they did have, you know, they had a lot of players in a lot of different places um, and could overcome a lot. Uh, so, um, you know, this is more, we're talking futures, but I, you know, I'm talking futures in the Eagles case in terms of the B plus, in terms of uh, being able to uh, turn this season around, get the nail on the head in terms of it being a very, 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 very winnable division, especially now that Dak Prescott is out and uh, Eagles get a B plus. And maybe, maybe you and I put a little friendly wager on that. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe we, maybe we revisit this and see what, what we can do to, uh, you know, put our money where our mouth is, so to speak. Right. I think it's definitely the loser has to shave the winner's chest. I'll put a wager down on it right now that the Eagles are all of a sudden sunk. But we'll we'll follow up on the segment later. Um, next, we have the Washington football team. What grade do you give the Washington football team, Connor? I give the Washington football team a D. D, not for not for dominant, but D for really really bad. <laughs> the only reason, the only reason why Washington's not an F, is I keep on being told that Ron Rivera is a really good coach. Uh, I, I say that specifically, you know, he, he did have, uh, you know, some good years in Carolina. He did kind of grow into having a good, uh, you know, aura around him. Um, you know, he seems like he's got the respect in the locker room, uh, but, you know. 
They're, they still they don't have any direction at quarterback. You know, it was awesome to see Alex Smith come in, but even then, Alex Smith was getting just absolutely crushed. Um, he got hit six. I think it was he got hit six times. Um, you know, this past week, and just they don't have much of a direction, and just another really bad team in this division. So that's what I think about. That's what I think about Washington. What do you think about Washington, Rutledge? Um, I give them an F. I'm staying on the F train here. Um, first of all, I agree with you, though. Sidebar, we went, we at Friends Stream Sports are very happy for Alex Smith. What a story, what a recovery. I hope he wins Comeback Player of the Year mm-hmm. um, just because of the journey he had to go through. And I know his wife was very nervous watching him play during the game. But you're right, he got pancaked. Um, Dwayne Haskins' stats, he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. Um their publicity is a mess. Everything is a mess. I know everything they do is just th- number 32. They're just the worst team right now. Um, Ron Rivera took Cam Newton and some good receivers and you know Luke Keekley to the Super Bowl. But once all that sort of started to fall out in Carolina, they fell apart, and now he's at Washington. So um, I just I don't see it, and I think they have a long way to go. Uh, Rutledge, to, to push back, what do you think about, you know, maybe not this season, but uh, being in a position to uh, upgrade in a lot of positions? Maybe they like their quarterback position. Uh, maybe they end up liking Dwayne Haskins and, and being able to really turn it around and be competitive next year. Even then, I'm still going to give them an F. I think, next year, com- I think next year competitive is they win like they win like four games instead of one or two. Right, I see them struggling through the rest of the year. Now, the Cowboys injury may give them another win, but I really think they have a long way to go. Um, when you watch them on the field, there's just some type of pair, and they've been struggling for years now, so this isn't new, but there's just some weird parody about football teams that really frustrates, oh, no. Or are you going to with the oh, big man? The oh, the to get back in this game. Skull. Look at that. That was... Um, but I, I know, I know, we've, I know we've spent a lot of time talking about uh, the first couple teams here. Shall we? Shall we try to keep working through it? Yeah, let's work through it. We're about little less than a quarter through, so we got a couple more teams. There's a lot of bad teams this year, Connor. The New York Giants. What do you grade the New York Giants? I gave the Giants a B. Uh, here's why. As I mentioned last week, uh, if you're taking trades out, I think the Giants are in the best position to pick number one in next year's, uh, you know, next year's draft in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Uh, and, you know, the Giants' ownership before Tom Coughlin left did show the capability of uh, having stability. And I think that, you know, the Giants are still a glamour franchise, a top franchise in a top city that can attract free agents. This year is not going to be good, but I think that they have the capability of really uh, turning it around next year in a hurry. I gave the Giants for their future a D, and the reason I gave them a D was, oh, Matt Ryan on the sack. The reason I gave the Giants a D is they have so much work to do. Um, Saquon Barkley's hurt. I think he, hopefully, he makes a good comeback and is exactly where he was and didn't take too many, didn't take too hard of a bump. Um, but right now, what they have is just not working. They're putting up just 26 points a game. Um, they're, you know. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is leading the team right now in rushing and passing. When your quarterback is leading both, that means he's running for his life and he has to throw the ball and he's the only one that throws the ball. So I think even if 
I don't think Trevor Lawrence is the answer for them. I think they have a lot more pieces to bring in in order to sort of make it work. So I give them a D for their future for next year with they're going to be, they'll get better than Washington sooner, but they have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, next on our next on our list is the Detroit Lions. I'm going to give the Lions a B rating. And here's why I give the Lions a B rating. Um, they have a they have an offense that just might need some pieces. They manage to not turn the ball over now, which is something that you can't get out of when your quarterback panics. Um, I think they just need... Um, their defense needs some pieces to just stop some scores, but I think they're super close to... Um, why am I third and 32? This is horrible. I think they're super close to sort of plugging in a couple pieces, maybe in some offseason, maybe some other talent, and going and going from there to make some improvements. What grade do you have for the Lions? Lions, I, I went. Lions, I went C minus. Okay. I, I want I want this team to be good. I've all I always want important games on Thanksgiving Sunday. Um, their next two games are very winnable uh, against the Jags and the Falcons. I think that there still is a chance to turn around this year. I think that the Detroit Lions, uh, not to cross sports, but you remember like six years ago, maybe seven years ago, the Indiana Pacers kept on being like a fringe playoff team. Yeah. And what, you know, they're kind of stuck in that mode, right? Yeah. They don't, you know, they, they, they can't, they can't go get the really good players because the bottom hasn't totally fallen out yet, but they're not, they just don't have it all together uh, enough to really make deep runs in that division. Even though it's not the strongest division, uh, Green Bay, I mean, Green Bay's, Green Bay's doing things. Um, so Vikings C minus or Lions C minus, which brings us to the Vikes. What do you think about the Vikings, Relage? Um, for the Vikings future, I give them an A. I think a lot of it's on the legs of Dalvin Cook. Um, I know you've been trying to run him a lot, but the Vikings they lost Stephon Diggs, so there's a little bit of offensive adjustments. We didn't have a preseason, so I'll forgive them. Kirk Cousins, um, I like Kirk Cousins. I know he got a lot of slander in Washington, but they just have to clean up their passing ability and like skull let's go you just have to maybe draft someone in the draft that just plugs in some young talent to just fall in but i think they have an identity i think they have some pieces the miracle the 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 miracle in minneapolis was not that far off so this team has been on the fringe for a couple years i think they just need to add in a couple things and they'll kill it what do you got i i am a kirk cousins homer make no doubt about it um Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback that I never see him do good things. He, uh, you know, I think I think that over time that can only weigh on a franchise. Uh, you know, is, is Dalvin Cook an absolute stud? Yes. Do running backs have shelf lives? Yes. I, but with that, I do give the Vikings a B minus. Uh, you know, I think that yes, they are a few pieces away, but I think with the Vikings, their their biggest thing is really just more their mentality. They've got to they've got to come out and be ready to uh, you know they've got to they've got to exercise some demons, uh, and and they got to have Kirk Cousins do that. And I hope he's ready to do it, but he might not be. So, uh, but you know, B minus in terms of this. Okay. So what do you, what do you think about the Jets, Rutledge? Straight up F. They need to blow it up and reboot and start it over. Um, Jets are a mess. You know I never liked the Sam Darnold pick. They got rid of Jamal Adams. They got rid of Le'Veon Bell. Um, They still obviously have to pay Le'Veon Bell because it's the middle of the season for his contract going away. But I think to bring Trevor Lawrence into there, he's going to be like 
Eli Manning and wanting to be traded because that's just not a situation. They're only putting up 15 points a game right now. There's no way you go from just 15 points a game to a playoff team in a year being like that. So I give them an F. They have a long way to go. Yep, Jets, total F minus. Uh, they are they are 100% F minus. Uh, not only is their team a mess, their owner is currently the ambassador to the United Kingdom, uh, and he's a kind of a guy that likes to be involved. Darnold's getting crushed, uh, and they just let, as you mentioned, they just let Le'Veon Bell go for nothing. So uh, not very impressed with the Jets. Bottom's got to fall out, but even then, you know, I, I think that this is the team that they have so much work to do. They're a multi-year rebuild process. Absolutely. Well, we only have five teams left to go, Connor, so this is going to bleed a little bit into halftime before we do our halftime hot takes. But um, our next team is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. What letter grade do you have for the Cincinnati Bengals? Don't worry, I'm calling timeouts to help make sure we get our takes in. There we go. Uh, uh, Bengals, and I'm going to try to go quick. Bengals, C minus, still very early, but uh, some of the some of the early returns on Joe Burrow is very high. Um, you know, hey, why not? Why not trust in the the young rookie quarterback? Bengals C minus. I give the Bengals a B. Joe Burrow's going to clean up those giveaways and the fumbles and everything. Um, they got to get some scoring down. They don't score a lot of points. He's not that comfortable yet, and they need an offensive line. He's getting hit too much. I really worry he's going to be like Andrew Luck and just call it quits because he's sick of getting beat up on Sundays. But I think the Bengals, I liked Andy Dalton, but I think uh, the Bengals have found their guy. Next team I'm going to segue into is the Denver Broncos. I give the Denver Broncos a D. And here's why I'll tell you, give them a D. And they were on the first Monday night football game, and it was, I turned it off. It was bad. They just looked ugly. Um, But with the Broncos, oh, you bobbled that. Um... With the Broncos with the D, Jeff, Jeff Driscoll has a 38.6 QBR, and he's the number one quarterback in the league. Only one worse is Dwayne Haskins. I think John Elway needs to go as president of football operations. Um, I think that everyone's trying to believe if he's there, they'll do well, and it's not working. Um, they have a decent run, rush defense, but they can't stop a pass to save their life, and they have too many turnovers. So I think there's a lot of people that need to go to Denver to be in the to be up there in mile high before they can make it work. And as per tradition, we're going to finish this half and pause and then Connor, give us your break on Denver. Yes, uh, Broncos. I I wrote uh, I wrote B plus stands for Bradley Chubb and the other beasts on defense. If they played in the worst division, they would have a higher grade. But they uh, they kind of feel like, as I mentioned with the Lions, to me in terms of uh, just being too good to get high draft picks but not good enough and not institutionally and structurally sound enough to really make a ton of runs and the Raiders are only going to get better they still play with the Chiefs and we still have to talk about the Chargers so Broncos B plus uh, they're they're in a pretty good position but you know it's, they've got a lot to overcome I think just with the other teams in their division yeah speaking of the Chargers I give the Chargers an A while they're one in four they're looking great um, Justin Herbert is slotting in and it's going to be a stud. He rocks that thing. He throws the ball all over the place, especially against the Saints. Um, their defense, of course, has some injuries, which I know you have a good take on. Um, but I think they have a lot of pieces in the right place that with some time, they're going to really make a run through that division. They even played the Chiefs close. So they're not that far. What do you have for the Chargers? Chargers A-. minus. Uh, you know, when healthy, 
Uh, this defense can absolutely play lights out. Um, shout out to uh, shout out to Derwin James. Uh, uh, he is an absolute stud. Uh, but as a former offensive coordinator from Wheaton, the mighty Wheaton College Thunder said, uh, your best plays only work when your best players are out there on the field. Uh, no Bradley Chubb still. I believe Nick Bosa is still hurt. Uh, Derwin James is out. Uh, you know, so the defense is is not uh, not just they don't have the players because they're hurt. Uh, Herbert is uh, you know he's he's really coming in. You know he's looking good, looking like he can ball out. Uh, great uniforms, uh, and they're playing in an area that can attract free agents. Everyone loves to go to Southern California. Uh, I, I think that the LA Chargers are in a great position uh, to. Maybe not this year, but uh, really become uh, a, a force to be reckoned with in the AFC. I agree with you. I think they will be the team. They'll be one of those teams that does really, really well until they have to pay Justin Herbert. I think once they get there, that's where they'll kind of struggle. They'll have to spend their money elsewhere, and then when they pay him, we'll see how they rebound. Yep, um, yep. Uh, moving on, we got the Texans. Uh, Texans, I have a B. You know, obviously... Um, Bill O'Brien's gone. They are in rebuild time. It's a very apparent rebuild time. They have Deshaun Watson, who I think is your keeper quarterback. You don't need to get rid of him. Um, they're uh, they have a top ten passing game right now in the league, even with all the controversy, even with everything going on. But they don't run the ball very well. Um, I will say that I'm going to go bold here and said it's time for the defense to have a new identity besides J.J. Watt, because having a J.J. Watt can slow down your rush your your rush defense but if your team you're playing against you has great pass protection he's just one piece in the puzzle and i think they need to shift up their defensive focus get some speed to the ball and attack the ball a little better but i think that the texans are in a decent position to make some moves what do you have for the texans uh texans a minus uh they got you know it would be an f if they still had bill o'brien uh deshaun watson can absolutely ball uh, they are set at the quarterback position uh, you know, it's not like they have a lot of bad players uh, on that roster. It's been a lot of play calling and a lot of just boneheadedness and poor leadership from the head coaching position. Uh, sorry, Bill O'Brien. Um, I know being a head coach is hard, but you signed up for it. Um, you know, and, and and now they're in the position where they can go. You know, they've already paid Deshaun Watson. They know what his contract's going to be. They can go slot in veterans. They can go get young players and they can they can they can build so i think the texans have the best chance for the fastest turnaround okay so, which that's our, to our last team here we got to talk about the jags the Jags. there's so many bad teams i know the the jags um what grade do you have for the jags connor you go first jags i went b plus uh, they're rated this high because they seem to have a plan to get a top draft pick I'm putting a lot of emphasis on having a plan. Uh, here's a here's a preview to halftime hot takes. A pre this is a halftime heating up take. Ooh, uh, we put the pan oh, on the oven and turn the oven on, but it's not ready for the oil to go in yet. Yes, Gardner Minshew is the new Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ooh, uh, even it rolls off the tongue, right? You know uh, where where he had the Fitz magic and he came in and could be a good backup and. You know, start some games. I think I think Minshew Mania is going to make many many stops on his NFL long tour. But you know, they're just they're buying their time to go get Trevor Lawrence. But they have a plan. Uh, so B plus for the Jags. 
See, I I graded them lower, but I like Minshew. I think Minshew is the answer. Um, I like Minshew in the sense that if you think about it, he came out of Mike Leach's system in Washington State to throw his jorts on his handlebar mustache and go to Jacksonville, which is a city like Duval is such a massive county in place. I think he is a part answer there. I think they need to tidy up their their running game, and I think they need to do some better to get some talent that they've always had problem having bringing in good talent. Look at how Jalen Ramsey left. He wasn't happy there, and they've always had sort of no-name guys that have become studs in the NFL, but they just walked away from Leonard Fournette, which is a big thing for them. Um, that being said, as much as I like them, I give them a C. I think, and see, like, let's see what happens. You know, if they, so you're right, they could, they do look like they could go out there and get Trevor Lawrence. Um, but on the other side, and I think he would like going to Jacksonville, but on the other side of that, if they don't get Trevor Lawrence, I want to see where they kind of go with this. It kind of, they're kind of like when they had Blake Bortles, you know, they, they have a quarterback, he can kind of do something, he can make some moves. Gardner Minshew's got good stats, but where are we really going? So we'll see with that. So that's all of our bad teams and all of our grades. At the end of the day, Connor, if you were to slot in and you were to be a head coach next year, which bad team would you want to be the NFL head coach for as our halftime hot take? Oh, halftime hot take. It's time uh, for I- the world-famous halftime hot take. Yes. Who? Which bad team out of what we talked about, what I coach next year, I'd coach the Chargers. Good position with Justin Herbert to last a long time. I'd move to Southern California, being an NFL head coach. I know it's expensive to live in Southern California, but I'd get paid enough to be able to live there and, and, and have a good time. I would paint my whole world powder blue and yellow. Never underestimate the power of a good color combination. Uh, all Chargers, baby. What about you, Rutledge? Oh, man. Um, I know in our pre-show I said one thing, but I am also going the Chargers. They just, Justin Herbert has just seemed like he's locked in. Um, it just feels, it, they look like different football than when the Phillip Rivers Chargers. And I think I would go and just try to run that thing, um, running really fast sort of look football. Also, to quote a solid Marvel movie, Iron Man 2, thinking of the Kansas City Chiefs, if you make God bleed, the Sharks will come. So Kansas City is showing a little bit of like, they're like everybody else this year now. You know, they're not completely dominating the world um, while they should have since they paid everyone. So I think that that would be a good division to be in. I think that'd be a good location. That stadium is cool. I think everything slots in there. So we're both on the Chargers. Looks like you and I are going to see each other in the interview room. Nice. Well, we have uh, left our viewers hanging out long enough shall we get back to playing and get on to our second half topics second half topics and it's time to talk about college football connor have you noticed something weird about every time we pick number four what happens to the number four every single week well rutledge uh this is our mike greenberg sponsored kiss of death um that we we get we've given it's it's our fault really why the florida gators lost and it's our fault why UCF lost and it's our fault to date why teams that we've said are the fourth best team in the country have really struggled right it's it's been incredible to see what sort of happens I want to talk about the top six teams right now in the country before we really dive into who we think number four will be now 
But as we have going on right now, our teams that are the top six is Clemson, and this is the AP poll for everyone out there. Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame, the University of North Carolina Tar Heels, led by Mac Brown, and then number six is the still undefeated, and also they haven't played football yet, Ohio State Buccaneers. You so, Buckeyes. or Buckeyes. Thank it's you. The Tom Brady led Buccaneers of Ohio State. They have really, oh man, you know, like, I guess Buck on. They would, if there was the Tom Brady, if there was the Buccaneers of Ohio State, they would serve Buckeyes, but they would have pirate flags in them, right? Oh, yeah. Like, right where they would go. And you'd you know, steal at UNC, them. At UNC, there's a great craft brewery called Topo. There's a ton of craft breweries all in that area. Last time I was in, last time I was in Chapel Hill, I went to this place called Topo. A lot of great brews there. Shout out to Topo. Um, you can be our sponsor, uh, but yeah. Just did you have a better time at Topo than you did at the Golden Corral in Green Bay, Wisconsin? Ooh, you know, I think that the Green or the Golden Corral in Green Bay, Wisconsin, was such a magically special place. I mean, you cannot defend. You can't. You can't beat that. But Tapo was still pretty sweet. It sounds cool. I have heard many good things about the beer state that is North Carolina and all of its majesty. So, oh, are you going in? Oh, he's going in. Howdy. Oh, man, we're a tie game now as we go into continuing to talk to our college football top four. So I want to take some time, Connor, before we dive into our top fours, since... Um, we talk so much pro football, and I just want to sort of sit back, relax, and we're both college football junkies, and talk about what is your favorite month of college football? Like, what do you like the most about it? Ooh. Oh, almost a double doink. By the way, the uh, the Friendstream Sports con- sponsored Connor misses PATs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, one every episode a, in the third quarter. At, at least one every episode. Um, I would say, you know, in terms of um, in terms of being a player of college football, December is a ton of fun because I played in Division Three. And if you're playing in December, that means that your team is good. Um, so that's a, it's a, it was fun to play in December and play in big games in December. Uh, but you know, I think you know, just to answer this question as a as a college football fan. My favorite months of college football are November. And really, you got the rivalry weekend. Um, you got Matt Ryan running for his life right there. Uh, you know, you got, you got that one day. I mean, really, it's kind of like Christmas Day. Of You got Florida State, Florida, Clemson, South Carolina, uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Uh, there's, a, there's another rivalry game that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. But a ton of fun, and you still have enough of enough of those regular season moments to see teams' seasons get totally dismantled. So I'm going to go with November. Uh, here's how much November means to me, Rutledge. You know how Black Friday is a thing in terms of shopping? Yeah. I didn't know. Like, I only referred to the days after Thanksgiving as rivalry weekend in college football. I didn't know Black Friday was a thing until I got to college because that's all I cared about was rivalry weekend. Uh, so yeah, November is my, my month. What about you? You slammed that November take just like Matt Ryan got slammed to the ground. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. 
Um, my my favorite college football month, as I think about it, as a fan, is well, you know, and this is me from the perspective of someone who's from the South, um, where college football is like that's the event, and where you want it to start in July. Um, my favorite month. Oh, we're getting a little frisky there. My favorite month for college football is October. And here's why I'm going to sort of go with October is October is when that's when it's really fun to watch college game day and get up at 9 a.m. to watch ESPN for three hours because October is when the season really starts to shake up. That's when the storylines evolve. That's when who's good and who's not is going to come into play. Even now, the reason we're struggling this year is um, because Julio Jones is just an incredible video game machine to have. Um, but even now, as we look at it, not all teams are playing in October. So as you and I sit in pre-show meetings and talk about it, it feels like something's missing. Because this is usually the time where, you know, like Purdue beat Ohio State a couple years ago in October. And um, I think it was like um, that Texas A&M win of Johnny Manziel versus Alabama. That was in October. I believe it was in October. October is the month where college football just turns into sort of mayhem. We think of mayhem as March Madness, but that's just because that's the magic of the tournament and one basketball game and basketball. Um, this is where, you know, September, yeah, you've got kickoff weekend, but then after kickoff weekend, everyone's playing FCS opponents. Um, November, I do love rivalry weekend, but I will say last year, I went to the Florida, Florida State game in Gainesville, and we had a good time. But Florida State was super down by the end of the season. So with Florida State super down, the rivalry loses its magic because it's not this intense contest that you want it to be. Um, December, we'll get into December when we talk about another game in a minute. But I just think it's October. Plus, that's when like the hoodies can come out. That's when the weather's nice. October's the month. October is the month. That's for sure. October. Uh, the dog it's kinda like the dog days of fall. Right? July in baseball is the dog days of summer. Football, you know, October's the dog days of fall, and that's really the separator month from uh, the elite teams and the team the contenders and pretenders really get separated in October, that's for sure. Exactly. So, so as we go go ahead. I was gonna ask you, so um, you mentioned December, not to not to tip your take here, but uh, you know, let's talk some December football. Why why should I care about December football in so, the regular season? Non-conference championship December football. So December football, first of all, we should all care about December. We all care about December football because that's when the college football playoff gets determined. Championship Saturday, but that happens in the first week of December. Um, you and I have read in both an amazing... Oh, what just happened? Um, you and I both read an amazing book called Season of Saturdays, which is by a man named Michael Weinrib talks about the traditions of college football and the glory to it and if there's one tradition that exists in December it's the Army Navy game and the Army Navy game while you know we have changed how we digest it because it doesn't bring out the professionals like it did back in Roger Starbuck's day it's still a very important game but I feel like we don't absorb it enough Connor why do you think the Army Navy game gets neglected you know, uh, Army-Navy game, I think it's a tougher watch than it used to be because it's it needs to be a spectator sport. 
you're, you're a big NASCAR fan, Rutledge. We talked about this in our pre-show meeting. Uh, we need, you know, Army Navy would be so much more fun if more fans could see it. If, if just, you know, you just went into a lottery and you, you were able to get some Army Navy tickets. Um, you know, I, I think that I think that is why I think there's magic that the TV just misses. Uh, you know, so many times the TV is the best seat in the house, but the TV cannot capture magic. And I think that there's some magic in Army Navy, and I think that that's a really special game. And yet again, yeah, it probably has lost its luster, um, even though you know now team both of those teams are kind of borderline bowl game bowl teams or Navy with some ten win teams things like that. But um, you know, it, it's more it's more of those kind of quote tradition type games that you just need to be there for the magic. You know, I totally I agree with you. I had. When I was in college, Georgia Southern played Navy, and my friends in band went up to Annapolis, and they went to the stadium, and they got in the stands, and, the, and all the cadets came out on the field, and the announcer says something, and they just sort of yell out really loud, you know, like, go Navy, right? And my friend's sitting there, and he's like, all right, I'm going to cheer real hard for the boys today. It's about to go down. You guys don't know who you just invited up. And he said the very next second, they turned around and they looked at the visitor section and went, go Eagles. And I just think that's just a different way that those institutions approach football. I know we hadn't planned about this, but what do you think about Air Force football? Because they seem to be like the forgotten stepchild of this whole thing. I mean, they're in a conference, you know, they're they don't play on they don't play this big special game like rv navy what do you think of air force football well they they do play for the commander-in-chief trophy um you know it's navy's getting the publicity because they're winning right uh the only reason why army to your point the only reason why army is getting the publicity when they were really bad you know probably three four or so years ago is because um you know because they had the army navy game uh, you know, it, you hate to say West Coast bias, but is there a little bit of West Coast bias? Yeah, you know, and you're not playing, you know, you're not playing big, big, big time teams. You're kind of in that Mountain West type conference. You know, you're not when you're going to California. You're not playing USC. You're playing Fresno State. Um, you know, I think that that's that's a, a tough thing to uh, build a program around. Now, Colorado Springs is beautiful. Uh, Rudy's Barbecue is also in Colorado Springs, although not a Colorado Springs-specific place. is very delicious. If I was a recruit uh, or if I was recruiting coordinator, I would be sending many recruits to Rudy's. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of why my take on why Air Force football is uh, not, not, you know, kind of seemingly the afterthought right now. Well, we appreciate all their services and... Uh... I think, Connor, one day you and I will do Friend Stream Sports live from the Army-Navy game when we when this is all, when we have the chance to sponsors. be out in public. With our sponsors, right? I'll be drinking my Starbucks coffee, you'll be wearing a Google t-shirt, and we'll be at the Army-Navy game. Yes, sir. So, so let, let's, talk, let's talk about some of those good college football teams. Yeah, we talked top enough about four. bad teams. Let's talk about good teams now. Right? What is your top four going into this week? Who do you have? Uh, I think Clemson is. I think Clemson's number one. Uh, you know, they showed their class against Miami, and I think that that is a was a big time win. I did pick Miami uh, or Clemson to win, but not cover. I think that uh, outside of that blocked field goal, I mean, Clemson did so good. 
you know, I, I still think Miami's pretty dang good. I think my, you know, this is not a team that's going to fold. Uh, so Clemson number one, Alabama number two. Uh, you know, I think that we're going to learn a lot about Alabama this week. My take is that Alabama, you're not going to see a two incredibly different Alabama team than in previous weeks because if there's one thing, you know, Nick Saban is really good at a lot of things. One of the things he's really good at is grooming assistants to be head coach, uh, although he's never had to make a make a head, you know, do it. You know, he's never had COVID before, uh, but I think that there are always coordinators in the woodworks um, ready to do what they need to do. So I think that Alabama is going to come out and you're, they're going to look pretty similar to what we've seen so far this season. Uh, and then. Georgia number three this week. It's not really a kiss of death type situation. Um, Georgia being number three, and then Notre Dame number four. Um, kind of going chalk here, but good teams. Good teams are doing what good teams need to do. That's beat bad teams. They beat the unfortunate bad team of Florida State. So give us your top four one more time. All right, Clemson number one, Alabama number two, Georgia number three, Notre Dame number four. There you go. I also say I paused within that because that did not look like a catch to me, but somehow you got that ball. So we're going to come back from this pause as I give my top four. But I was really trying to challenge that play, and apparently that was booth reviewed and was legit. So nice nice play there, Connor. Um, okay, so here's what I've got with my top four. I'm a little different than you. I have Alabama, um, number one. They, last week... And it was, for those of you that don't know, of course, Connor and I are real friends. Who likes sports? Um, nice runoff to Alvin Cook. As soon as it hit, like, midnight on Saturday night, I texted Connor my top four, and Bama was moved to number one. They had an ex- impressive display last week. They have flipped their script completely from being that Nick Saban defensive team that, like, runs with Mark Ingram and makes some touchdowns and do that stuff to now they're just putting up their points they're doing what steve sarkeesian wanted to do when he was the coach of the university of washington so um i'm not worried about them this weekend i think they are going to do well and we'll get into that with our picks later number two i have clemson and the reason i put them down to number two is because you like south carolina well obviously that um it still bothers me every single week that clemson is still so good um, I've got to come back and win this thing. But I have Clemson is, you know, they're just not, like, we're still waiting for, this is where Clemson, like the Big Ten, like the Big 12, unlike the SEC is the only division that you can lose a conference game in and the committee will forgive you and be like, you know what, um, we understand. And they'll leave you kind of in like a top 10 area. Like Florida only fell down to 11. Where mm-hmm. Florida... Had lot where like if Ohio State loses a conference game or Clemson loses a conference game, they fall down to like 18, 12, it's way down there, not 25. I mean, look what happened to UCF fell out of the rankings. So, I believe that. Oh no, oh no, oh no. For our podcast listeners out there, Rutledge uh, did the anti-Matty Ice and just threw a very costly interception. Yes. For our podcast listeners. By the way, you can find us, like we said, on French Stream Sports on Twitch, YouTube, and podcasts. Um, so Clemson, we're just wait- I'm waiting for them to sort of like lose to somebody. Um, number three, I have Georgia. They are an incredible defense. I don't believe in their quarterback. 
But, of course, like you said, this week we're going to find out who is who when they play Georgia and Bama. Um, and then number four, I have the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. And I'll whoa. tell you, I whoa is right. I did some digging You've here. You've never even been to Topo. I've never been to Topo, and I put them in number four. And I put them over Notre Dame because here's why. I did some digging this week, and I looked at their schedule. They play Notre Dame and Miami back-to-back in November. So November is going to be rough for them. They don't play Clemson. Um, but they're a top 10 passing yards team. And uh, their stats on their passing is actually they do better than Clemson does with moving the ball. Mac Brown knows how to get a team there. I think he has a quarterback that can work on getting him there. They showed some flash in the pan improvements last year. But I think that um, UNC has a possibility to go there. Now that's my number four kiss of death. So I wish you the best of luck this week. But... Mine is Bama, Clemson, UGA, and North Carolina. Beautiful, beautiful. Rutledge, uh, as we close this game out here, talk to me. I mean, what do you think about um, what do you think about Oklahoma State? There's a team in the top ten that just looks a little funky, and it's Oklahoma State. I want to say something that doesn't look funky. Daniel Mogg is able to drop us a comment. Daniel Mogg, we say hello. Thank you for coming back for the third week in a row. You are our most frequent viewer. Daniel Mogg, you you can get some merch. I can I will send you some merch. I have a nice jock and strap that I can send you if you want it. Um, but and you just you just got back in this game. We just got back in this game. Here we go. Okay, so Oklahoma State really got to kind of take, um, really got to kind of observe and see what they're going to do. I don't know yet. Once again, it's the Big Twelve. Are they going to be able to pull it off? I'm not sure but I don't think I've seen enough Oklahoma State to believe in them. Could they do it? Sure. But will the will the um, will the um, college football playoff committee get behind them? That I don't think so. A, a one-loss Oklahoma State team will not make the college football playoffs. A undefeated Oklahoma State team will definitely make the college football playoffs, which will make it really fun in December uh, during or you know during that Bedlam game because usually uh, usually you know it's Oklahoma State trying to be play the spoiler, but now seeing as Oklahoma State is going to be the team with the playoff chances, they've got the uh, you know Oklahoma is going to have to come play the spoiler, and it'll just be really interesting to see how they do, where they go. And you just beat me on the last play. Wow. Good job, Rutledge. Whew. That was... That was wild. I think that play will happen to Oklahoma State, and that's why they falter. All right. There there you go. So you, you'll get your celebratory PAT. And it looks like Connor, your game is 2K and my game is Madden as the as we continue on with Friends Stream Sports every single week. Huh. Well, as we close out Rutledge, let's uh, let's move to picks. All right. First of all, Daniel Mogg says he's a size medium for wh- whatever we give him. He's got to be size medium. Um, picks this week we have uh, we're doing two games this week. First of all is Georgia Bama. The line is Alabama six and a half points. Who do you have and why? Uh, I'm picking Alabama, as I said before. I think that with or without Saban, uh, the Tide will look very similar, and this is a team that put up 63 points on Ole Miss. I know uh, Ole Miss has uh, not as good of a defense as Georgia, but Alabama comes to play 
Yeah, I don't think they're going to be shaken. Alabama wins and covers. I also have Alabama. Um, I know that Steve Sarkeesian, who's running kind of the table this week, since Nick Saban, we hope we wish him a good recovery. Um, he's going to dial up that offense. I don't. I know the defense will try to hang in there with Kirby Smart, knowing what they'll kind of do. But I don't think Stetson Barrett, the quarterback for Georgia, is ready for what's coming for him. They've been putting up points on mediocre teams and an overrated Auburn team. So I really think that Bama will win and cover with the six and a half points. Lastly, because we played them today, we have Falcons Vikings at negative four and a half. I'm going Falcons, Connor. I think they're due. I think um, I know they're in a COVID shutdown right now, but they have a good rush defense, so I think they can slow down Dalvin Cook. And I think that the team really wants to win, so I think there's going to be something different about, you know, Dan Quinn's gone. They get away from work for a little bit. They get to kind of think a little bit, and they get to sort of conquer it. So I'm taking the Falcons with the upset. I'm going Vikings, and Rutledge, I have one question. You like that? <laughs> no, uh, picking picking Vikings. Uh, I, I'm an unashamed Kirk Cousins homer. Let's go Vikes. Skull. And I think the Falcons will be reeling. Uh, the the new coach bump is not a thing in American football, just in uh, soccer. So go Vikes. There we go. Uh, win and cover there. Finally, Bills Chiefs. Chiefs four point favorites. Who you got, Rutledge? Uh, I'm gonna st- I'm going to actually um, I'm gonna stick with the Chiefs. Actually, and I'm going to take them. I know I think the Bills could do it, but I'm sticking all the way with the Chiefs. I am. Um, I think that Buffalo's close, but I think that they've also looked sloppy against bad teams. I think Kansas City is going to put the Bills down and show everyone that the King is still the King has returned. They're going to be like it's going to be like Rafiki in the Lion King. The King has returned. What do you have? Chiefs, good teams, rebound strong, mic drop. That's how we close it out. There we go. I want to do one more thing to plug something out there. If you're not aware, ladies and gentlemen, there has been um, a company near and dear to our heart is the Walt Disney Company, which has had some layoffs. We are praying for those cast members out there. But my good show partner, Connor, is running a fundraiser for Cast Member Pantry. Connor, give us like a 15-second take on what you're doing and how we can help out. Oh, well, thanks, Rutledge. Uh, all we're doing, we are. my wife, Betsy, and I are responding to a call that just as a reminder even though 2020 has been a really tough year for a lot of folks there's still a ton of folks out there that want to do good and uh, we're just trying to respond practically to what has been placed on our hearts and to do that uh, what we'll do in the show is we'll put the link to the GoFundMe in our show so go check it out watch the video there and uh, we're going to be running this fundraiser through the end of the month even though the organization of the cast member pantry will be open well after that. And that has been our show for this evening. So I'm Rutledge. And I'm Connor. And thank you for coming out to see us on another great night of Friends Stream Sports.